0: Welcome to this episode of Chamber Chat. I'm Todd Studer. Chamber Chat brought to you by the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce and also brought to you by Beacon Vacations in Council Bluffs. Terry Oldenburg has been helping families just like yours plan their vacations for over 17 years. Terry is an expert at finding you the trip you want inside the budget you can afford. Maybe it's a Disney trip you've been promising your kids, or how about a second honeymoon on an Alaskan cruise? Maybe a Caribbean cruise is just what you need to recharge this summer. Beacon Vacations is not under contract with any travel providers, which means your trip is booked on what is best for you, not cost or commission. And the best part... Terry is paid a commission through the resorts, cruise lines, and other suppliers, and that cost is not passed on to you. If you would like to learn more, just visit the website, beaconvacations.com, or call 712-545-1011. In studio today, we have a couple of guests. Alicia Fries is back with us. Alicia is the Workforce Development Director with the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. And also joining us in studio... For the first time, welcome Dominic Green. He is the director of programs and faculty with Inclusive Communities in Omaha. Thank you both so very much, Alicia. Let's start with you. What topic do we have for this June on Chamber Chat?
1: Well, uh, it's a topic that we talk about quite regularly with you, and that is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the month of June happens to be Pride Month, which is why we asked Dominic with Inclusive Communities to join us today so we can talk a little bit about what diversity in our workforce looks like and how we might make sure that we have a diversified workforce, the production that comes from that, and also the retention that we receive. We also want to give Dominic and Inclusive Communities a few moments to talk about some of the program that they've got available, the training that they have for you, and also also their upcoming cohort uh, for lead diversity, something that I graduated from last Friday. Uh, and so we are really excited to talk about lead diversity.
0: Let's, uh, Dominic, first, welcome. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, let's begin by talking about the background of inclusive communities, because you and I had a chance to visit before we turned on the little recorder here on these microphones. And it's its kind of a fascinating story.
2: It really is. So, first, thank you, Alicia, for inviting me and having me on the show today. Inclusive Communities is a nonprofit human relations organization that has been around since 1938. So this spring, we are celebrating our 85th anniversary. It was founded by Otto Swanson in 1938 and several other prominent businessmen and attorneys in the Omaha metro area at a time when there was an underground boycott against all Jewish-owned businesses with the intention of ridding Omaha of Jewish families. Um, And so they approached Otto as a Christian and as a owner of the Nebraska Clothing Company, And said, hey, Otto, we're starting this boycott. We're going to be sending more folks to you. Um, And Otto basically said, I can't believe this is happening in my town. And so along with uh, Debbie Doe Clark... Milton Livingston, uh, Ralph Sabota, several others, they contacted the National Conference of Christians and Jews and asked to be to start a Midwest chapter here in Omaha to confront this anti-semitic movement. Um, fast forward the decades, 85 years since then, and the organization has grown and just added to what we're confronting. So now we are known as inclusive communities. Our mission is to confront prejudice, bigotry and discrimination uh full stop we know that every part of discrimination uh, relies on other other systems or other systems of oppression to to stay afloat and so we all of our work that we do is to confront that um, we offer programming for youth Um, high school-age students, middle-age students. Uh, We have conversations that we invite community members to be a part of, um, and those are Omaha Table Talks. And then we do work with uh, organizations, businesses, corporations around what does DEI look like? How do we become more aware and educated as to what creating a more inclusive community or inclusive workspace look like?
0: I find it fascinating that an 85-year-old organization was formed because somebody knocked on the wrong door. <laughs> that That is, it, it is just, uh, as, as I said, it's fascinating that that type of thing happened. And also that somebody, it, it's one thing to have a passion for it, but it's something else to have the wherewithal to put something together to stop it. Because I'm sure that that anti-Semitic movement that was going on—it it sounds like it was fairly well organized by that point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a historian, and I don't know a lot about it. Um, but it was organized enough that they were already starting to knock on doors and and letting people know about it, and it it was stopped. Um, and so, yeah.
0: How much of that, that what you do now, can you look back on and say that the roots were here and we're still doing the same type of work Is there commonalities from there to now?
2: Absolutely. So if you go onto our website, inclusive dash communities O-R-G. Um, you'll see on our page more of a fully typed out history. But as you're looking through that each um, decade almost, we're adding on another conversation about who is an American what does it look like to be a citizen of the United States um, and who should be in that bucket? Um, and so we were holding conversations around um, youth voices around um, Muslim identities, around um, women's rights, um, civil rights uh, in in that time period, um, we're still holding all these same conversations. We were holding conversations in rural Nebraska, uh, we have found in our records around LGBTQ and trans rights long before that was a conversation that was actively being held. So that is something that we do pride ourselves on is, is holding conversations and space for conversations before they might be that buzz or the topic, um, because what does it look like to be a United States citizen, what does it look like to be an American, um, and who should 't be in in that category and that answers everybody. We're all.
0: How big is your organization?
2: So we're a staff of 10 people. Um, and we are we are in the process of hiring a, another program partner staff member right now but we also do this work thanks to a lot of our uh, contracted faculty members and volunteers who help us out.
0: How are you funded? This is a nonprofit, so there has to be, you have to have some support in the community.
2: Sure. So we are funded by grants and um, donors and foundations, um, all those typical things. We also, though, uh, fund ourselves in the, in our fee-for-service work, so work that we do um, with corporations or businesses, um, and so we have little, we do help fund ourselves through that.
0: Talk about the program that Alicia is now a graduate of. Uh, yeah. Fill us in. What is this all about?
2: So the program is called Lead Diversity. It is um, akin, if you will, to other leadership programs that you may have heard of, like Leadership Omaha, Leadership Council Bluffs, Lead Nebra- uh, Leadership Nebraska, things like that. Um, our twist or take on it, if you will, is uh, how do we look at leadership in the DEI lens, what is that non-traditional leadership uh, lens that you might look at it. Um, So each month we um, walk the cohort through conversations around um, understanding and um, creating more awareness around uh, different conversations like ableism or ageism or um, immigration, other things such as we talked about race, LGBTQ um, community, help me out, least Some
1: redlining. So we talked about housing, which we got to talk about recently, Todd, uh, in the studio. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was definitely a very focused target um, almost every month that really focused on something different that was a great takeaway uh, for any leader really looking at their leadership and looking at their community to want to make sure that they're involved and that they really are providing that space for everybody to come as a whole person, not just in the community, but in the lives that they live and the workplaces that they work in. And that was why I was really excited uh, to be able to jump into that. As we know, the workforce right now is really hard and it's a tough kind of workforce, both for workers and for businesses to find folks. And so it was really important for me to be able to come into this space um, in a safe environment and hear from individuals from each one of these categories. Um, ableism was one of them that was a big impact for me. Uh, just looking at what things are we doing as businesses or as leaders that we don't even realize that are biases or that are blocking those pipelines for folks with those abilities um, or disabilities even from wanting to come to our businesses and, and working with us. And so that's something that we really jumped into and dived in that we have taken at the council plus chamber and really started to create a whole new toolkit to go along with all of our other DE&I work that we have available and our DE&I in the workplace and talking about what do we need to do as businesses to remove those biases or remove those words and sayings and policies in our workplace that stop those pipelines of eligible and ready workers to come into that, that space.
2: And the other cool thing about this program is um, we recognize that leadership is not just necessarily the title that you have or if you're in senior leadership or senior management or what that looks like, but everybody really is a leader and can be a leader in this work. So um, how do how do we recognize that we're all leaders and that we can lead from our seat that we're in? Um, and then we're not doing this work by ourselves, but we are connecting with other members in our cohort or now other members and other lead leadership clients classes and other leadership cohorts um, and building that connect that network of folks doing this work so then you have other people to um, brainstorm off of to help you with this project um, and and do this work that is creating a more inclusive environment
0: Alicia I'm curious when you were getting started in this program did you, Know everything that you were going to learn or how many surprises did you have along the way of I wasn't even aware this was a thing
1: There were so many surprises. Actually, I got the opportunity to speak at graduation. And that was one of the things that I spoke about was the impact that it really had on me and the fact that it was almost just two years ago that I came into my DE and I work at the Council Bus Area Chamber of Commerce and really looking at identifying how much of an effect that has on our workforce and the fact that I already knew that I was a novice in this space and that I just needed to learn and to reach out and to be a part of that conversation and to join those spaces. And so when I came into Lead Diversity, there were so many other opportunities and learning things I took from that. Um, again, one of the things that we talked about that that was such an impact is that ableism, right? There's such a broad spectrum of what does ableism look like? What are the things that we're doing that hindering uh, that are a hindrance to those folks? And how is it affecting them in their workspace and then in their personal life? And so that was one day that was very impactful. Another time that was so impactful was just taking these things and really starting to identify that this is a very broad and it's literally the entire spectrum. Um, and the The world in our community, every person, every walk, everything that you can think about is what D&I is. It's just not the couple of categories that folks try to tie it into, such as race or sexual orientation or gender. Those are such a small scale as to what actually diversity, equity, and inclusion look like. And so this really did open those doors and gave us the opportunity to really identify what areas we were passionate about so that we can remove that barrier for ourselves of, gosh, this is overwhelming. I don't want to step wrong. I don't want to say the wrong Thing. And so it really gives us just this open mind to the entire category or concept of DE&I work, but then allows you to find really what your passion is so you can leave that legacy.
0: Dominic, I think what she was touching on there is really important that we need to have conversations. And if we're afraid to have them, then it makes it very, very difficult to progress with anything.
2: Absolutely, um, and that's one of the things that I love about another program that we do at Inclusive Communities, which is called our Omaha Table Talk series. Um, it has now expanded into more categories and just Omaha-focused areas, but it's it's a program that we do about once a month. Um, it's free to anybody to attend, and we now do them all hybrid. So if you live out of the state or you can't come in person, you can you can register and do the Zoom link. But we introduce topics. Um, and have a panel of folks who either have lived experience in the area that we're talking about or work in the area that we're talking about and introduce why why does it, why does is the Crown Act important or around why is um, around LGBTQ rights or different things like that, uh, the intersectionality of faith and LGBTQ community. Um, and then have those conversations, we toss the conversation out to the tables or out to the breakout rooms on Zoom and have, let people model and practice, if you will, having these conversations with neighbors that you don't know, with other community members, and, and learning from them, uh, meeting other folks who are equally as passionate or care about the area and maybe just not aware or don't have the knowledge. Um, and so how do we keep building that awareness? How do we keep building that community? But like you said, Todd, how do we model having these conversations? We're not asking everybody to agree with each other. We don't... There's no expectation that everybody walks around a changed human or comes from these things as a changed human being, but how do we at least recognize that we can have a conversation and have that civil discourse with each other and respect and learn from each other um, instead of just jumping into, we're gonna discriminate or other a person just because we're afraid of them being different or we don't, we're not aware or we don't understand the differences between us.
0: One of my favorite sayings, and I keep saying I'm gonna make a t-shirt out of it, is that I don't have facts, I only have opinions. <laughs> but right. one of my opinions is, is we are too quick to assume that if someone asks a question, there's an agenda behind it. And that it sounds to me that what you are creating here, Dominic, is a place for people to ask those questions and to, to get an honest answer, and like you said, it's not necessarily that you have to agree, but we what we do have to agree on is that we both have a right to ask the question.
2: Absolutely. We all have lived experiences, and we all can have the same or we all can experience the same thing and have two different experiences with that. And that goes for everybody, no matter if we share the same race, the same sexual orientation, gender, family structure, all those things, um, but we can still have two different experiences Um, Even in this room, out of all three of us, we're having probably three different experiences of what's going on right now. Are any of those experiences correct over the other one? No, they're all equally correct. How do we how do we get to that point when we're talking with a person who has a more perceived difference from ourselves? That's
0: a really good point that you just brought up. As an example, I'm sitting here on my side of the microphone, haven't done this, you know, so many times. And it's just a conversation for me. Dominic, this is the first time you've ever done anything like this. So you are getting a brand new experience and that looks something different for you. And Alicia, you've been here a dozen times or so, maybe more. So you have a more familiarity with it and it's, it means something different to all of us. And I think that that's, that's a wonderful way of putting it that that can apply to anything in life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's really how we go about doing this work in, Any of our conversations, whether it's lead diversity program, our Omaha Table Talk program, or our workshops that we provide to the community and businesses to bring us into is how do we learn from each other more than the people up up front facilitating the conversations. We're there to facilitate the conversation, provide some insight and prompts, um, but we're really also there to learn from each and everybody in in the audience, if you will, as well, because everybody has their own unique lived experience experience and their own lens on what life is
0: well we're going to attempt to do something here because podcasts and deadlines typically don't go together very well because this could be listened to at any point so today is June 13th 2023 correct if you're listening to this in 2030 or whenever it might be this deadline is not going to apply to you however uh, as of today you still have uh, an opportunity for folks to get signed up for your next program.
2: That's correct. So for our cohort five of our lead diversity program, if you are listening to this and interested, um, you can apply by 5 p.m. on Friday, June 16th. That would be the 16th, yes. um, To be a part of that program for next year. Otherwise, we do open up applications typically every May for the upcoming year's program.
0: Where can folks go to learn more about the organization Inclusive Communities?
2: Inclusive .inclusive www.inclusive-communities.org. And also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well.
0: Well, what do you think, Alicia? How do we do?
1: I think this has been a great show, guys. Uh, Thank you so much, Dominic, for coming in. I thank you for the opportunity to experience lead diversity. Uh, Just a couple of things that I wanted to quickly note um, that that I – Took home from lead diversity is just making sure that you provide that safe place for somebody to come have that conversation or to speak with you about your experiences. Please tell your story, folks. Your stories help everybody else learn and grow as a whole. And I promise you, if you're listening to this and you're an HR manager, talk to your associates, learn from your associates, learn from the experiences that they have in their life, and learn from the experiences that they're having at work because that is going to help you create a more diversified workplace. And it is a proven statistic given to us by Gallup that diversified workforces are actually 80% more productive than other workforces. So make sure that you're looking at your workforce and who's sitting at the table, what voices are there, and that they've got a safe place to bring those stories and those experiences.
2: It also helps with retention. Everybody wants to work at a place that they're fully accepted at and feel comfortable
0: in. That's a huge thing right now is retention. Everybody's struggling for hiring, so if you can stop the turnover – or at least slow down that rate of turnover, that that in itself is incredibly valuable because everybody knows how much you have to spend in order to train someone and to get them up to speed. And once they're there, you want to hang on to good people.
2: Plus, if you feel passionate and safe in the space that you're working in, then you're going to be more likely to promote that company when there is a job offer or a job opening there or whatever the company is doing, you're going to be talking about it and excited about it if you feel safe and comfortable there.
0: Hey, we're looking for play-by-play people for, uh, r- for the radio. That's right. <laughs> so uh, so uh, that's just my little pitch. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alicia Freeze and Dominic Green, thank you both uh, for being a part of the podcast today on Chamber Chat. We also thank Beacon Vacations for their sponsorship. And we thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, listen for a new episode next month. Until then, take care.